I'd like to start with some thank yous. First of all to John O'Brien. John's encyclopedic knowledge of Airdrie is massively useful to the podcast and he's really helped me to prepare for this interview. Robert Ozell's photos are also great and he's always very generous in allowing me to use those for artwork. Finally to the listeners, I asked for £90 to help meet the SoundCloud cost for the year and received £110 almost instantly. The excess £20 will be passed to Airdrie ladies and you'll be happy to know the money that saved me has been put towards a good cause. I've sponsored Kel Turner's jersey for the rest of the season in the name of the podcast. Thanks for listening. I grew up supporting Airdrie in the 90s. With Scottish Cup finals and Premier League football, heroes were never in short supply. However, the subject of this interview joined a very different Airdrie. Although there was success at first, he stayed around for a number of years and you could never doubt his effort, his resilience or his heart. It's Paul Lovering. I'm delighted to be joined by a, a terrified Airdrie legend. He joined the club and stayed with us for a very long time, which just doesn't happen in the modern day. So, Paul Lovering, welcome to the OTL podcast. Thank you. Um, nice to be here. How are you getting on, Paul? How, how are things with, with lockdown and everything and, and your football? How's it, how's it impacted it? I think, I think um, as everyone's aware, it's a tough time and um, overall, both both family circumstances and football, you know, so um, I think it's um, something that hopefully we're getting to an end of now. Um, but football-wise, um, as I said, we've, we've, we obviously are manager now at Ben Bob, so we, we withdrew through the league um, due to, to not being able to um, facilitised games so it was um, a hard decision to make but however the right one I think at the time um, and hopefully as I said we're getting to the end of it now um, and I said and I'm sure everybody will be be happy when we get there but football wise I said it's been tough but it was definitely the right decision to withdraw from the league I just think our level um, changing facilities supporters not allowed in that kind of stuff was tough to cope with and, and you'd, you'd circumstances where players were getting changed outside after games and which just wasn't feasible um, and then asked to drive up the road and their cars etc so I think the right decision was made by the club to withdraw um, and regroup and see where we go from now on so looking forward hopefully to an end to it and, and next season kicking on and, and get back into things to some sort of normality I get the impression of you Paul has been well, all your household in fact so I know you're the Benz now and your, your dad's been there for a number of years and your son's on the books as well um, but I get the impression of you being football obsessed your, yes. tes- your testimonial night that there was at the stadium a, a few years ago now uh, there was the Mary Campbell put together a brilliant presentation and you were outed as having been a Celtic fan but jumped at the chance to be a ball boy at Ibrox just because your, your love for football was was so great so um, is, I take it has football just always been there for you? Yeah I think as you speak about it's a, the, the Benz is a family run club with my dad um, I took over as manager and Lewis has came on board and Mother son Charlie, he plays with the twenties, so um, it's very much a, as I said, a, a family club, and and footballs, footballs always been within the family, and and um, with the coaching staff even joking about us slide tackling each other in the living room to see who's watching the TV, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So um, as I said, it, it's been in the been in the family for a long time, and and it's probably everyone's aware it's, it's it's a passion for me, and it's something that I'm I'm very fully committed to. If I commit to something, then I, then I like to see it put on do it wholeheartedly. Um, 
um, same as my boys. So uh, it's good to to have, as I said, um, the boys run about the club as well. And, and, and football, as I said, is a massive party. We all were lice, especially, as I said, my dad took over the, the Benz and a long time ago and um, pulled the club from, from, as I said, from the darkness. And, and we've actually came through the leagues um, with myself taking over five years ago. We've came through and, and we're back in the top league. So, no, as I said, it's always been a passion and, and, and football has been a, it's a, it's a dirty supporters and everybody knows when any supporters that have that have been any clubs I've played with know that I can come fully committed to, to whenever I go and, and that's the main thing. How did it start, Paul? What was what was your route into football? Was it a school or boys club or a, what was your, your early memories? I came um I came through um a, a youth club um at, called Hunter Hill that, that's from Paisley. Um I actually joined them I played with Paul United in my early days and under tens, under elevens. Um, then I went to, to a club in Paisley due to to um, my friends from school going. Uh, it went well for a couple of years. However, um, uh, I went through a stage where I didn't play. Um, I took a, a couple of years out, and I got a, I was actually involved in an accident. And my, my dad's my dad owned a garage. I was involved in an accident, and um, after that also um, gave me a wee spell out of the game for for, for maybe two two years, and I came back bigger um, through that. It's just that aging stage where I came back and I felt as if I was a lot stronger and a lot bigger, and I came back in and played with, with Hunter Hill again, and um, it went for there. As I said, played played with them under twenty one, sorry, under eighteen level, and. Um, eventually signed with Clyde Bank, so it was that was that was where I kind of I got my grounding for, for for Hunter Hill and Paisley for a couple of years, and then went on to I was supposed to go up to Dundee. However, the Steedmans took me down to Clyde Bank, and and I ended up I went there, and and um, and it just started for there. So um, I continued to get farmed. I got farmed out in the Ocean Juniors for for six months, and and um, and then returned to the. The, the first team set up, which which was great, and, and managed to play the last three games of the the first division season, playing against Dunfermline and St Mirren and, and Stranraer. So it was good. That's where it kicked off, and and um, as I said, it went for for there, and and uh, I've never looked back. And we know you as a fullback, but in your youth career, where, where were you playing? Yeah, I, well, when I, the early stages, um, when when I played um, before I before I took the time away, I was playing as a winger, believe it or not. So um, I played as a, a left sided uh, winger, um, which again probably wasn't wasn't my uh, my game. So um, when I reverted back there, I, I actually went to left back. So that's where I bedded in, and when I went to Clyde Bank at first I was playing left centre back so um, that's where again I, I was quite adaptable to slot in there and, and obviously went on to play wing back for for um, for Hibs in here so um, Clyde Bank as well that's where, where Ian McCall put me when I first started when I went full time I played wing, uh, wing back rather than a left back so um, that's that's where I started So if it's the bank is under Clyde Bank eh, sorry the bank is under Ian McCall then it was a bit of a mad time what kind of place was that to cut your teeth? It was. It was when obviously, as I said, when I signed, I was. It was Steedman's was there, and it was a good club. And and um, as I said again, a family run club, and they ran they ran a tight ship. However, when we went full time, um, actually a bit bizarre. I was in Greece, and I got a phone call when, when somebody was looking for me, and I phoned, and, and Ian McCall was told me that there was a a full time contract sitting for me when I came back for holiday. So I was fortunate enough to sign a, a two year deal full time, and and um, as I said, it was it was great. I was fortunate enough to to leave before obviously the. The kind of, it was getting towards the end when when obviously started to announce about going to Dublin and, and that kind of stuff and and that was towards the end of when I, when when I was leaving. However, as I said, the first season I was fortunate enough to win second division player of the year and 
and, and, and get promotion and, and that kind of stuff. And then obviously the following season, I got my move to Hibs as well. So it was a great season. We had some fantastic players. Um, big Joe McLaughlin, Kenny Branigan, Fraser Wishart, very experienced pros alongside guys like Gary Teo and myself and, and um, players that, that kind of were coming through the ranks. So we had a great, great mixture and Davey Nichols was another one who played in that, that team as well. So we had a great mix of experience and youth. So we're fortunate enough to, to go through, get promotion that season. Um, as I said, I left I left the following year and, and um, about Christmas time. So but again, we'd started off well that season. And and, um, and so that's that, that's where we went and I went to end up moving on to Hibs. Uh, and it's a big move to Hibs. As Alex McLeish signs you for £100,000. So what was the move like and what's your early impressions when you get to Hibs? It was it was a bit surreal to be honest. Um, obviously coming for for being in a garage working with my dad two years prior. It's a it was a massive change to get into a changing room with, with guys like John Hughes and Pat McGinley and Frank Sozier, Russell Lappy. So getting into a changing room with, with guys like that was was phenomenal and a, and a and a magnificent experience. Coming as I said two years ago, I was working in a garage with my dad, um, and to go for for such a, a short spell and, and and be at that level playing with guys like as I said. Line and, and guys who'd played at the top level was was an ex- was was a massive experience. But again, I, I, I was fortunate enough to just take that in my stride, and I, I, nothing really phased me at that age. I wasn't. I just went and played. Um, I, I wasn't phased by going in and, and and playing against guys or playing up against playing with guys that, that I thought was it doesn't really it didn't really sink in to be honest. You just go in there and get in amongst it, and, and I was I knew that that I could play at a good level, and and if I gave my best, then then I would be fine, you know. So it was it was massive walking into to say to along training alongside these guys, and, and I was fortunate enough to do that. So, but again, I I didn't I wasn't again it wasn't I wasn't phased. I just I looked forward, loved my football that much that that I just looked forward to a Saturday, looked forward to every day training, and and. Um, uh, it was um, you just become one of the guys, and 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 I say you, you hit the kind of hit the ground running, and did really well there as well. And how was McLeish as a coach? Excellent, big Alec was fine, really good, and as I said, Andy Watson was with him as well. And I just, listen, I enjoyed my time at Hibs, and it was a great experience. Um, winning the first division, and I, it was quite similar when I actually came to Airdrie. I, I think we went on a run when I signed for Hibs, and um, we went on a run and unbeaten run, and kind of after whenever it was after Christmas when I signed, and we went on to win the league by record points that season um, I think that had ever been done so again when I went to Airdrie the same thing happened and I was fortunate enough to be again in a promotion promotion, promotion and league winning team so um, yeah as I said Alec was excellent I, I've been fortunate enough to play under many good managers through my career and, and um, as I said that's only stood me in good stead and Alex for Barhead a Glasgow man so um, listen he's been on to do really Listen, you can't. You look at his, his record, and it, it's it's second to none. So I was fortunate enough to, to play under him, which was a privilege for me. And as you say, the, the Hibs team that you, you joined—I mean, they romped the, the first division that year. Uh, was it just a, a brilliant buzz about about the club? It's a, it's a big club, especially when they're when they're on a push like that. So were you just buoyant the whole time? Yeah, I think I think the team that was 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 running about was Falkirk. Um, we went on as you, as you spoke about, we went on to win at, at record points. Um, however, we had. Let's not be kidded, we had some fantastic players and guys, as I said, Frank came in, ran about again not long after myself and Russell and, and, and guys like that, Mitsu and, and guys who big yogi, you know, you're signing signing international players. It's and and, and no disrespect to the to the division. However, as I said, these guys were were, were excellent and very experienced, along with them, as I said, Alex signed like Sadell Collins and myself, Paul Hartley. 
and a guys like Stevie Crawford who had been it had been in the divisions and been in the block and as I said it was it was phenomenal to play with these guys and a great great experience and a lot of people ask about who's the best players you've played with and, and all that kind of stuff and, and playing amongst these guys was was as I said second to none training training with these guys at the end out was brilliant um, but again you get in there you, 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 you're one of the lads you just get into training and, and um, it goes for there so the, playing alongside these guys was brilliant and you were a youngster at that time, so I've heard stories about John Hughes putting the lights out in the boot room and covering folk and boot polish and stuff. Was that how did you get any of that treatment? No, no, I came in. I was fortunate enough that um, <laughs> that I was I was I came in as a, as a first team um, as a first team player. So it was um, it was the younger guys who who um, on the the kind of the, the younger side who were on the, the kind of the YTS sort of scheme guys who used to get that treatment but um, certainly playing alongside Big Yogi was was brilliant for listen he's a great friend of mine and and, and he was playing alongside him and and, and um, getting out with him on a Saturday um, on at the park was was brilliant and he was a real leader and I learned a lot a lot from from playing with the big man and I went on to play with him, play with him at air as well so um, as I say he's a close friend of mine and always somebody that I admired and and Again, another person who you know what you got on a Saturday was blood and thunder and, and everything. Every ounce that he gave was was there for you on a Saturday and standing alongside him on a Saturday gave you a real um, a real buzz. I know I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't partial to any of that treatment, but um, there was other things that maybe <laughs> that I wouldn't want to comment. But as I said, he, he was um, a phenomenal leader and, and a fantastic player, a real character, and still is a real character when, uh, amongst the game. And um, as I said, I'm sure you've heard a few of the stories, so I was partial to, to witnessing them. Um, him and him and Lavette, he used to um, he, he, he used to um, get like the cane, used to go into the the gym and Big Yogi but he had these jumping canes where he used to put across the cones and he used to chase Barry Levette about Easter Road with this big whipping cane and used to try and whip him with a cane. It was it was um, it was good, it was funny and I, I came into this, you know, and Basha was there and Big Yogi chasing him with, with, with a cane, trying to whip him with it. So it was um, it was good times and, and it was um, as I said he, he was a real character. And I've reached out to some Hibs fans uh, and uh, but it's like, like you said. I mean, they they, they get what Paul Leverum was all about. They were impressed by your uh, effort there, endeavour there. I think they they thought that you would go on to to have a solid place in the team, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out quite that way. So, so what happened at Hibs? How did your time come to an end there? Um, I played as I said. I played the, the, the season when we got promoted and came in, did really well. And the, the Premier League season started up, started off okay. However, I did pick up an injury. Um, I had tendonitis in my knee. Um, around about Christmas time, and and we went to to Trinidad, and and I just recovered from it, and maybe rushed myself a wee bit back, back a wee bit quick, as I said, and it just kind of. I, I kind of struggled then and to get in in the team, and I was in and out of the team, and then. Alec had phoned me that was the end of the season and Alec had phoned me saying that they were going to sign the boy Ulrich Lawson who um, ended up coming in at Hibs and went to went to Celtic so as I said that it just kind of it just kind of petered out to be perfectly honest which, which was quite disappointing however as I said I'm a great believer and things happen for a reason and and, um, and that's football and, and, and you pick yourself up and you go on and as I said um, I moved on to Air United but as I said I have no regrets about, about picking and going to Hibs I was supposed to sign where before it was competition between I was going to go to Hibs or Air United and, and I ended up I went to Hibs and as I said I have no regrets I went there and had a fantastic time there and, and the supporters were fantastic again to me I think as you say I think the good thing about me is you know what you get um, I think I picked up two or three player of the year 
things for half a season. So I was quite I picked up a couple. I played a year uh, trophies at the end of the end of my first six month there, when which was which was fantastic. And, and going to, to some of the supporters clubs and, and, and meeting the guys and it was brilliant for me. So um, yeah, it's football and things happen for a reason and you move on. But certainly no regrets about about uh, my time at Easter Road and um, it's fond memories and something I look back on and. And, and my kids will, as I said, look back at my career and, and I've got, as I said, winner's medal there sitting there and I said, cup final, well, semi-final and, and that kind of stuff. So it was good. So you, like you said, you went one side of the country to the other. Uh, you joined the United. What, what was that like as a club? It was great. Um, as I said, there was talk of me, me joining the United and, and um, prior me going to, to Hibs. Um, and it was, as I said, it was a tough decision for me. But I thought that at that, that time Hibs were, were a massive club and, and an opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't um, knock back. So I went there, as I said, had a good time. Went to Air again. They had some some fantastic some fantastic signings and Pat McGinley, Michael Rennick and John Hughes also moved to Hibs. Um, James and James uh, Grady and Eddie Annand were there. Um, guys like Marvin Wilson and, and and again big Neil Duffy experienced players. So I knew going there that that we had a decent side and and um, again we would we would do well and and um, and kind of kick on. So it was great. It, again, it was a, a club that was on the rise and and I think they had been they had on the on the periphery a couple of times to try and get promoted. I think that was our main aim. It still didn't happen. However, we went to we went and reached some some great heights in the cup competition. So that was that was great for me and a great experience and and knocked out some big teams along the way. So it was a to be honest with you, it was a Premier League club. I think the players we had and over the years, I think they just hit the hit the crossbar a few times. We we getting promoted and and pipped at the post. So but it was a great, as I said, a great club and and um, again passionate supporters and a club that's probably could have done more and 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 should have probably went to went to the Premier League heights. What's I mean, some say Park. I think is a, a favourite of Scottish football fans because it, it's a, it's an old ground. It doesn't absolutely. It, there's lots of plastic stadiums about the place, whereas it, the, they've retained uh, what's not changed in all the time. That absolutely, there, really. Um, what about training? Are you training at Somerset or what, what's, what's, no? No, we trained. Yeah. We trained. We trained about. To be honest, um, we trained at the, the race course. Um, down at the race course, we trained at um, other facilities. East within within the local area, um, we did when we went on a cup run. We did, however, train at the park um, at times. However, that was coming to the end of the season, where where I think most clubs sometimes train on the park. So, but no, we we had a facility where we just hopped for 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 destination to destination. You know, so open grounds and um, as I say that to be honest, we that happened at a few clubs. So not every every club's fortunate enough to that happened at Hibs as well. So yeah. at that time, I think that was just a given. Now now obviously. Clubs like Hibs and, and that kind of stuff have got their own training grounds and maybe their own lets to go to these clubs have got. But I said back at that stage, it was um, training, I think, where where you were allowed. So, But again, the training facilities were, were good. It wasn't as if you were training in a public a public field where it was uh, back in the Clyde Bank days, we were training in public fields where there was dogs running about and biting the ball and, and that kind of stuff. So people walking their dogs across the park and all that stuff. So it wasn't as bad as that. But no way, as I said, it was, um, that was the stage we were at and it was, it was decent facilities. You mentioned the cup success. It wasn't just the odd result. I mean, you got to the final of the League Cup in 2001-2002 which and lost out to, to Rangers. But for Ayr to get to a National Cup final is a massive thing. And in the same season, made the, the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. So what, what do you think was it about that team that made them so good in the, in the cup competitions? Um, I just think that, that we had, again, a great balance. We had... We had um, 
a great balance through the team and experience and, and, and youth as well and, and I think we, we, we didn't fear any I think again as I spoke about early on and, and when I went to Clybank and I went to Hibs uh, I, I went out on a Saturday and, and every Saturday and, and was we, we were capable of winning a game so uh, and that, that was the I wasn't going out on a Saturday fearing even when you played Rangers and Celtic you thought you know what we'll, we'll give this a go and we did we did in both games and, and we reached as I said a knocked out knocked out Dundee United after a replay and we, we knocked out Dunfermline, Kilmarnock, Inverness, um, who were all clubs who were, were highly rated at that time. And and um I said we we um, we went and turned them over and I never we, we took Dundee United to replay. We were getting beat at Tanadice and I remember Pat McGinley scored late on to take it to replay. And early on in the replay I get brought down for a penalty and, and Scott Crabb put it away and Paul Sheeran scored against scored scored to make it 2-0 and, and it was a comfortable 2-0 down at Somerset as you spoke about earlier Somerset was a fantastic park and um, again when I spoke about being, being at Clyde Bank I played at Bulkhead and again it's another place where people didn't like going and, and, and people don't like going to Somerset they didn't, regardless of where it was it was a great as I said an old ground and people didn't like going there but, but I loved it it was fantastic it was right up my street it was right up um, bringing, bringing teams that when I was at Clyde Bank we played Hibs at, at, at Boghead and, and we drew two each and, and again it makes people feel uncomfortable coming to these places and, and, and as long as you've got a wee bit about yourself then, then you're, and you, you work hard you know be far away and, and we had quality players in that team at, at here as I said, I spoke about two guys up front and with Paul Sheeran, and Scott Crabb and Big John, uh, Big Duffy at the back and, and guys, John, uh, Craig Nelson and goals, you know, so with, with John Robertson, so we had good players um, and a good side who, who had a wee bit about them and I said, people didn't like playing against us and they knew they would be in a game and I think DL, Gordon, Gordon spoke about it after the game and we played Celtic and Martin, as you said, it had been one of the toughest games that his Celtic side had faced in the last the last couple of years the last year or whatever it was because we went for it and we went toe to toe and, and, and they had some fantastic players your Hartsons your Larsons your Suttons and your Lamberts your Thompsons and, and they had some, some fantastic players and, and we went toe to toe and we were really unfortunate to come away with the game with, with a heavy defeat well it was a heavy 3-0 but again when you look back in the game it was tight until Thompson Larson scored the first and Thompson scored two Two free kicks that that the only the only guys like him would put away, you know, for for twenty five thirty yards. So but again, there was nothing in the game. We we James the chance went through and and Baldy and we hit the bar and, and that kind of stuff. So that I said we went toe to toe with with anybody and and I think it was that we, we on on our day we knew that we could we could compete or certainly as I said we knocked out a few Premier League teams at that time and we, did, we had a never fear factor to be honest. While you were here, you played in a very strange. Two each straw with Airdrie where uh, the Airdrie fans were protesting, boycotting the game because uh, in our eyes we saw Bill Barr as being at the, the root of some of the, the issues. So you played the Archibald team um, with an air crowd in but only a, a handful of Airdrie fans. Do you remember that game and was it strange for there not to be away fans? Um, I do. I do remember that day. Um, and it was it was it was very bizarre. Um, it was very bizarre. But um, as I suppose I didn't know no much about it at that time um, I do now um, however and I totally understand still understand why um, the fans were the way they were and, and as I said I've been I've the privilege to, to um, play for the, the, the supporters in, at Airdrie and I know what it means to the club and, and, and understand now however at that time I think it was just about getting out on a Saturday and doing your job and, and I suppose focusing on what was going on on the park for us However, I thought, as I said, I get it now and I get the reasons why. Um, but it was a bit surreal. Um, but it did show up to me that, that, as I always knew, 
um, right back to when I played with Clyde Bank and guys like God, God rest him Stevie Cooper was, was playing for Airdrie and I can play when we were at Broadwood and, and, and I played against him and, and there was always a passion with Airdrie and, and always a, 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 a there was something and back then I, I nearly signed for them as well and when Doddy was the manager and I think there was a couple of occasions where I was I nearly signed and as I said I knew what Airdrie was about and I knew the passion of the club and, and it just showed to me that, that, that what it meant to the, to the fans and um, as I said, I was a bit, I didn't know the time, the ins and outs of it. However, um, it's a bit of a surreal game um, that, that, as I said, is supporters because Airdrie always, you knew when you came to play Airdrie, there was always a, was always a, a blood and thunder and everybody was in and the supporters were, were right at their back. So, um, But I had a few friends in that team as well. Um, as I said, I don't know if, if who was playing that day, but I don't know, was Mark Roberts there at that team? Was that that team? No, was it? Was no, it, it, was, it was all the Spaniards. So the, oh, Scot- the-, the Scots, you, you had the odd one, you had Eddie Forrest, Craig Ireland... Uh, who else about it was Eddie Forrest, so it was so yeah. it was and, and I played ended up playing with Eddie came to United so um but as I said it was a bit surreal and and um uh, but I understand why why the supporters were were there at that time and, and doing what they were doing. And then you moved on to St Johnson, but it's probably the the one place that uh, in your whole career that you've it's not worked out. So you you because you've been a fan's favourite everywhere else. Was it hard for you not to like hold down a first team a first team place in, in Perth? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, as I said earlier, I think things happen in football for a reason, and, and uh, it's probably one place. Again, I had the privilege to play under Billy Stark, who, who was a, again was a fantastic manager, and it just didn't work out. I, I, had, I had a foot injury when I first when I first went during pre-season, and uh, found myself um, set back a wee bit, just missing a wee bit of pre-season. By the time I came back, we'd kind of we'd kind of kicked on, and the season had started, and I struggled, as I said, with with injury. Um, in and out of the team. Um, I only played a, I think a handful of games. Um, and we played we played Airdrie in a bounce game. Um, when I had just came back to 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 full fitness, we played Airdrie at a bounce game at, at, at Perth. And I think Sandy approached Billy after the game and asked him about getting myself on loan. Um, however, that was that was not back at the time due to to just coming back to fitness. But however, as I said, I think at that point. I think that, that that between myself and the club, we knew that things weren't going to work out um, and it was time for me to go and try and get game time. And I'm never a player, as, as you know, that, that wants to sit about and, and quite happy with being a squad player. So, as I said, I think Billy wanted somebody that, that was, um, as I said, looking to, to um, freshen things up and brought in Jamie McCulkin. And then I moved, as I said, on to Airdrie and the rest is history. So, um, but I said, these things happen for a reason in football and and and. As I said, some things are for you, and I'm sure that it was, as I said, at least happened to reason and an amazing time at Airdrie. So I'm, I'm not saying that I'm glad, but as I said, these things happen, and I was fortunate enough to come to, to Airdrie and join a magnificent club. And you joined us halfway through the second season as Airdrie United, and things were kind of a bit worrying. We'd missed out on promotion on the last day of our first season, um, but things weren't quite going to plan in the second season. We'd had one win in eight league matches and we'd lost 6-1 at home to Morton. Uh, so it wasn't looking great. Uh, you joined the side, well, you join up uh, and come into the team for your debut alongside Willie McLaren and, and Kevin Christie against East Fife. Um, can you remember your first game for Airdrie? Absolutely, absolutely. It was, uh, we won 1-0. Um, I think it was David Dunn scored. Kevin came in, same as myself, and um, I already knew a lot of the boys, um, Alan McManus and 
Uh, Coyley obviously was here, Sandy and Big Kev. I'd played against Big Kev and um, Neil McGowan and, and, and guys like that. So I knew a few of the guys that, that were there and be Marvin Wilson. And, and as I said, I, I came into a Stephen Docker, I'm just like rhyming names are. So, but um, I, I came in, I came in, and I remember playing. It was Kerry Jukar who was up front, and I think the big man didn't know what happened that day. Um, to be honest with you, I think he came off, he came off with two cotton buds stuffed up his nose. So I think the back line was was myself, Big Kevin Christie, Alan McManus, and Daniel McGowan. So I don't think it was um, a back four that, that that pulled any punches, and I think the big big guy had I took a took a bit of a, a beating that day, and, and a great one 0 victory. However, I knew I knew straight away when I got on the bus after the game that that this team had quality right through it and experience, and and um, as I said, I, I had no. I sat in the bus after it and and had knew fine well that that this team would kick on, um, and we did, and we did again. I think there was a. I don't know what what was there prior to, to me coming in, what, what the reasons were behind the, the, the kind of the struggle. But I think um, again there was a there became a, a again non fear factor. We went out and and we are we are solid back four and and guys who could could score goals from midfield and and obviously Coyley up front and Gouzer and and, and yeah didn't he, the mix your, your McLarens and special players like that. So then Alan Gouzer said so we we. Um, I had no qualm sitting in that bus that we kick on and, and go on and, and, and get something, get something, no doubt about it. And uh, it was an 18 game unbeaten run in the league that, that followed to, to win the title. Uh, it was probably as good a time as I can remember being a, an Airdrie supporter in over 30 years. Uh, Morton imploded, which which just made it even more dramatic and probably more enjoyable as a fan. Uh, yep. I mean, what was it like from, from the inside? We were buzzing for every match. Yeah. Uh, the, the team had completely turned it around and yeah we were always just confident we were going to win pretty much every week what's it like to be involved in when you get that momentum going it was amazing it was amazing to be honest with you I'm getting, getting a bit of goosebumps in my, in my hand when you're talking about that there and it's, it's good to hear that, that, that that's the way the supporters felt because as I said obviously we'd, we'd, we'd struggled I think they'd hit the crossbar a couple of times again trying to get promotion and, and that kind of stuff and I had friends there who, who, who were in that team so it was uh, it's good to hear that supporters were were, were, um, were enjoying that time it was amazing it, listen it was amazing and we'd, we'd training the training was the same intensity as it was on a Saturday and we're warm-ups we we on a Saturday with Blackie, that kind of stuff would, would actually be a workout in itself. So as I said, it was it was great. We had great times and what togetherness. It was a great changing room, which which I've I've always I said is as a get into management, it's it's a massive thing is to have a good changing room and a togetherness. And we, we had that. Um as I said, I sat in that bus after that East Five game and I was like, why? Why questioning why this this why is this team struggling? Why? Why are they not going out every week and 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 battling teams and and I think we did after that, as you say, and it's good to hear that you guys were clicking into the, the week in week out confident because we were. And as I said, we would there was a fun aspect to it, um, a real a real jokey aspect to it when we had fun. But when we when we played, we played and we played. Um, I think going back to the old early days when when I played against Airdrie, people knew they were in a game. They knew they were playing a team that were were um, were solid, hard to beat, and hard working. Um, along with the quality that we had, um, guys, I said coming through the team, like, like your Willie McLarens and your Alan Gows and your your own coils who can finish on a heartbeat. So I said that after that, it was it was brilliant to be about right through the management team and and um, as I said, right to to old JD and guys like that. So the the, the place was special, and it, it, obviously the Valentines were involved, and again a family run club who who are there through and through, and and um, everything went into 
um, getting promotion that season and, and as I said we got over the line um, I don't think anybody anybody gave us a chance and, and I suppose that was an aspect as well I don't think you're written off and, and you're so far behind people write you off especially if you wait hear that before I came the 6-1 game or whatever it was and to hear that, that what went on that day and it, it was um, it was good to good to be involved on on the return being the last day and should say them them not even making the, the, the kind of um, finished, finished fourth yeah. yeah so so again I suppose that for you guys who was involved in the, the sixth one it was a case of well it, that was a that was a bit of, a bit of um, character building for the other team to show that do you know what that doesn't happen in football and that can back to bite you you've mentioned in your other teams it's important to have the mix of experienced heads but you're, you're good young players in terms of the left footers in that team yourself you get Coyle uh, but you, Willie McLaren and Alan Gow I mean, what was it like seeing those two emerging uh, listen as I said um, I was thinking that when you, you sent me my questions and playing me Coyle's the best finisher I've, 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 I've played with and and I said it's, he, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal, so cool. And it, and it wasn't as if he'd done that only like in, in the odd time. It was it was in training. He'd done it every day, you know. And and I said I played alongside some good internationalists and good players. But however, he he was for finishing and 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 uh, his ability, his link play was just was was unbelievable for for his stature and what what his his knowledge of the game was was tremendous. And 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 you, you add into the mix, you've got you've got Alan Gow who who came through and, and went on to, to to have a good career and. And and I think McLaren was was just an exceptional talent. I just think I think we Willies again. I had him at the bends and there for, for for two seasons. And the wee guy is just just a um, a phenomenal talent and something somebody that could have played at a higher level without a shadow of a doubt. But that's that's Willie and and that's what you get, you know. And playing alongside Alan, two fellow, as you put the two of them together, total chalk and cheese. Alan Gow, teetotaler, as he said, <laughs> doing doing sit ups and press ups and. Magaluf, you know what I mean, and you've got William McLaren, a bucket drinker for Easterhouse. So, uh, but again, you need that mix, you know. You need that mix in the changing room. You need the the, the, the scheme guys, and and you need the the, the the professionals, and you need the the experience, and to 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 gel it all together as as we did was was excellent. And you see these guys win games. These guys win games for you, and they blink an eye. You know, and you're like, what just happened there? Um, and I think the injury to be worry when we were up in Dundee and we played the bounce game when when they get head injury. Definitely set him back. However, he was still a phenomenal talent, and I think could have been on to do much, so much more in the game. And I think Alan Gow went on to, to obviously to show he could play at a good level playing with with, with Rangers and, and Falkirk and, and and teams like that, and went on to a great career himself. So and, and Coyley just as I said speaks for himself. So it was it was great. It was great, and and I into that mix of efforts. Neil McGowan was was maybe not such a we used to have a bit of a joke where you would say where you want to play the day, and you would just say I'll just play behind the front too. So. <laughs> that was me and him, you know. I mean, you used to just give me the ball and we'll play, you know. So because it was a standing joke, you had you had so 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 many good left-footed players and talent in the team that um, not that he said we didn't do our job, but um, these guys were were a were a talent um, and certainly play alongside these guys was brilliant. Yeah, and I mean, I guess McLaren did get to the the Premier League with St Johnston for a while, and guys, you see, at Falkirk, Sean uh, and got his move to Rangers, but probably. Didn't, well, didn't get a chance at Rangers and then bounced out a number of clubs do, yeah. do you think uh, it's tough in football because it's just yeah, right place right time but um, do, do you think they fulfilled their potential I don't think as I said to you I think, I think 
Alan went to went to Rangers and, and whatever happened, he didn't get his opportunity. And and I suppose again things happen for a reason. And and, and you do you played a, a good full cup side as well. And um, however they, they were both without a shadow of a doubt Premier League players for me and, and and could could play in a Premier League team no problem at all. Um, week in week out, as I said, we Willie made his choices in life, and I think maybe that's it. Say it without commenting and. Uh, I said the, the choices he made and maybe said him maybe didn't reach his full potential for me. I think he could have played at so much so much a higher level um, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I said Alan did go to Rangers um, and did have a spell there however maybe just didn't get the breaks that he deserved but Willie was certainly one for me that could have held held a position in, in, in the Premier League and played in a Premier League team all day long all day long but as I said things happen in football and, and life's about choices and, and um and as I said, it just didn't quite pan out for the wee man. He did play for St Johnston. However, as I said, he could have been an established Premier League player without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I see. It's a bit of a throwback. I mean, I think he actually signed for Airdrie. It was like an open trial and he turned up with, with his mate. And it was like, can can he play as well? And, and that was how he how Airdrie found him. Uh, and yeah. that, I mean, that run that was spoken about, Uncle just used to fuck the ball over his shoulder and, and Willie would be on it the quickest thing you, yeah. you've ever seen so it was yeah it was incredible to watch I um, think I think I think at that time as you say there was a there was a knowledge and an understanding of how the team played as well as you say it was just that Coyley had that experience where he knew that, that McLaren's play pace would, would terrorise teams and, and, and it wasn't even that it was when a wee man got through he would finish as well so he'd, he'd everything um, and on the other as I said on the other hand you had Darwin who was, who was a skillful player who would go by people as if, as if they weren't there so um, as I said it was we they had everything, and, and having Coyley's knowledge linked up with those two, those two, those two was, was was outstanding. You've had a lot of success in your career. Um, the, the the league celebrations. I, mean, I remember going to the pubs in Airdrie after with a few goals at it. You, you, the celebrations when you got promotion against Hamilton, won the league at Alloa, and then absolute party time by beating Morton two 0 on the last day. Uh, can you remember the the, the celebrations and the, the the team managed to? Did you get away together after the season? Yeah, we we um I remember the, the day uh, clear, clear as a bell and, and didn't know as I said what was what was coming. So but it was it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal and, and, and to see and spend that alongside the supporters was, was different class. We we went up to the, the town centre and we ended up in a pub first and foremost. We, we kinda grouped together and then we walked down the, the high street. Um, it was the West End bar and I think they opened the shutters the, the shutters were down and they opened the shutters and you couldn't get in and uh, when we came in it was just it was it was phenomenal it was phenomenal a, a guy I, I, um, I can't remember the guy's name the guy came up to me and he said um, lovers do me a favour he says um, he said going to get um, three or four of the players together and I said I don't bother what's it for and he said there's a limo coming for you and I said eh and he said there's a limo there's a limo coming for you and I said what, what do you mean he says, my, my pal's got a limo business, he said, and he's going to take you and three or four of the guys out in the limo for an hour and you'll get a cut of box of champagne and go and you can drive about in a limo for an hour and then comes back. <laughs> so I, I quickly rustled up, rustled up a couple of the boys and got them together and um, we went on to, to go out in a limo for, for an hour and it was phenomenal. It was just, um, it was a great experience and, and, and um, something that will live with me for a long time. Um, we went to we ended up after it. We went to um, we went to Magaluf, as 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 all all teams kind of did at that time. And I remember I remember coming down in the morning. Um, we, we flew in and, and we kind of went to the went to the bar, went to the bar, and went to night out. Kind of um, went to my rooms, and then I remember the 
the fire alarm going off at like seven in the morning or whatever it was and um, makes my way down to the pool and I'm like, what's happening here? Put my shorts on and I went down to the pool site and there was two tables just covered in bottles of Stella or whatever it was or Heineken at the time, whatever it was. And it was about 15 players were all just sitting and drinking. And I was like, wait, what's around? Uh, 18 Heineken or whatever it was. I'm like, right, okay. Then it was the, the waiter would come out. What's around? 18 Heineken at seven o'clock in the morning. So it, it was, it was, and I think, oh, sorry, I think it was a, a Diet Coke for Coyle. I think that was his. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was, um, we went to Magaluf and, and um, it was brilliant. I remember a story as well when we were at that time, you Marvin Wilson, they were going to Doco's house and it was, a, I think we were going to, whether it was, I don't know, whether it was just a day out um, after we'd won it. I think it was, I think they partied for days and um, I think um, they were going to, to, to Stephen Doherty's house and I think Jerome Ferrari turned up and he pressed the buzzer and he went up and they had all stripped down to their underpants. So they were all, I think there was about seven players in Doco, so it's all sitting in their underpants. And they just said, and Jerome Bride came up and he's like, what is actually going on here? Just for that, just for, walked in and they're all sitting, sit down, big man. And they're all sitting in their underpants. It was just, it was a team that, that loved the bonding and loved the, the, the sessions and he just burst out laughing. And I went, no way, man, you could only get that early. You know what I mean? So it was, um, but they, to have that night with the supporters and, and, and the, I think, as I said, I think we partied for days. There was several, she said, several nights and um, the Alawa, the, the Hamilton, the, the Morton game, it was just, it was, it was unbelievable. So, and again, I was, I was fortunate enough at that time to, to know that I kind of, this, this move for me was, was fantastic. And I was at the right club and I was at, with a good squad and a, a fantastic support. And, and that for me was, was extra special and, and, and winning the league as well. And who made the limo, Paul? Who, who are the special guys that got in there? The you know what? I can't even remember. I think Billy <laughs> McGinn might have been one of them, but it was, um, I can't even, as I said, I picked whoever it was, it was four guys. But that just shows you, that just shows you what it means to, means to, to, to the support and, and, and the guys who were involved at Airdrie. And uh, uh, for me, it was, I was like, what is actually happening here? And I, and I, I said, I think I texted a couple of people and like, by the way, I'm driving about in a limo. They've just, the supporters just told me I'm driving about in a limo for an hour. It was brilliant. <laughs> Champagne, I think. I think the guys stopped and actually brought in more champagne at the boot. So as you can imagine, I think we ripped the ripped the net with it. So and back into after that was back into the West Bar, uh, West End Bar shutters down again. So <laughs> it was a it was a it was a phenomenal time for me. Brilliant. Then the opening game of the next season, as tradition goes, was it was flag day uh, and it was against St Johnson. And I just re- remember distinctly you running out looking like a man possessed. Uh, now, you were always up for matches, but just that point, you seemed to be absolutely buzzing. Did you feel you had a point to prove because it was St Johnson or was it just because you didn't want to let the fans down on the, the day when there was already a celebration? No, I think, I think you're right. I, I, I'm more one for, for proving points or whatever it is or but. You know, that's the way I was, and that's the way I, I, I went about my business. And, and, and I was always up for games, and, and it was always good to, to get there and hear the support, and, and, and that gave me a lift. But I suppose the first game, the first game of the season, it was back in the, the, the division, back in the, the, the first division, and playing against St Johnston at home couldn't have picked a better tie. And for me, um, again, I suppose I was a wee bit of. A wee bit of personal circumstances there, and to, to get the result we did was was um, was great as well, and and it showed for me that that again, which I spoke about earlier, getting on that bus, I knew there'd be a squad there that could compete, in, and the, the division above as well is 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 that division. So I suppose it was a point to prove for 
for Airdrie that they were back in, in a league that they should have been in, and, and even higher. And as I said, I was, I was, um, I suppose I was a wee bit of a personal point to prove there on that day for me. But um, as I said, we showed that day that we're more than capable of competing with teams like that, and, and, and that's where Airdrie, as I said, deserve to be, if, if no higher. And I mean, you were at Airdrie for a long time, but we'll focus on some key moments. The 4 3 Cup game against Infernland uh, is one which I'll never forget. Uh, it was the brilliant Cup tie, uh, swung all over the place. They were from the league above, were 2 0 down in about 20 minutes, but but you come back and two goals at the death. Uh, yeah. I mean, what was it like playing in that match? It was it was great, as you say. It was it was tough. We, we realised, you know, we didn't. Two goals quickly, and 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 again, you think to yourself, "What's happening here?" You know, and 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 you think they're a good side, and and but again, again, get back to that that factor. I think that and that team as well it was um, with with great experience, and and again, I never say die can attitude, and we had players in that team who were more than capable um, at, at playing at that level, and 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 I knew that myself, and to come back as you say, if it, if it goes down and. Um, did it go three each? I take it. Uh, I went. Well, so it went. It was two 0 just before half time. Doc scored the header. Yeah, he scored early in the second half to get it back to two each. Yeah, they, uh, I think when they went three two up. They went three two. Yeah. And we thought it was a Robertson was was claiming a a, a foul, but nothing got given. Uh, yeah. And then I think you scored. 89 and 90 plus yeah. one. It was mad. And right in front yeah. of the, the stand where the Airdrie fans in it. So it couldn't have been yeah. better scripted. No, I get, agree. As I said, going, going there as well. And, and it's it, it, as I said, I suppose it's that, again, getting back to that that mentality. It's about this game's here. It's still there. And as I said, obviously going behind and in and, and these aspects, you think, oh, oh well, that's, listen, we, we did really well back and back, however. I said, I think Airdrie, you always do leave it right to the last or, or, or push you right to the limit before you you can you go over the line. But as I said, that day was it was great. It was great, and um, it was as I said, I imagine it was a day to remember for you guys. And and as I said, right in front of obviously the, the support and who were always very vocal. And I think probably Dunfermline didn't know what kind of hit them near the end. But it was just that that again drilling into the guys that that. Um, that you know what, we're, we're a good side. We can compete in that at that level, and that never say die attitude, which is which is um, it's good to have and a, and a good change in them. And you won the Challenge Cup, which um, oh, it's another winner's medal for your collection. For Airdrie, this is probably as big a trophy as we've got a, a realistic chance of winning. Uh, and it was a great cup final. Uh, took a good crowd up to to Perth. Uh, we'd missed out the. the Previously against Inverness, Cali Thistle, but great game with Ross County, and you had to go off. So, what's it like watching the penalty shootout when you'd have been desperate to take a penalty, presumably? I remember the day clear as day. It was, it was. Um, I got a bang on my knee, and it can be doubtful before the game, and I got a bang on my knee, and I get in it in it um, half time, and it, and the dog looked at it, and it, however it had just turned. Totally a different colour and, and, and swole up and as I said I didn't want to we got to the cup final and, and worked really really hard to get there and, and I didn't want to jeopardise the, the the guys by by either no matching a runner or dropping a runner or, or whatever it was so I, I wanted to make sure that, that they gave the guys every opportunity as you say it was a, it was a good game a, a, a well contested game and it, I'm terrible I, I'm absolutely terrible I ended up spending the second half in the, in the, in the change room with JD and it kept coming in and out, and I said, "What's the score? What's the score? Any chances? Any?" Chances? I couldn't watch the second half, so it was any chances? Any chances? No, no, no. And then he came in and out. And he's like, 
like you're murdered, you're murdered. And I said, I, I can't agree. I couldn't, I couldn't watch the second half. Um, again, I think Robbo was very cool, calm and collected in the shootout. And and, and Smithy, I think, was scored at the winning penalty, who was, who was um, again, it put it away nicely. But watching watching the penalties, is, as I said, I couldn't watch the second half, but obviously I had to be out for the penalties. And, and um, it, was, it was tough. I, I, as I say, I would have loved to take a penalty at the time. And whoever I just thought coming off with the injury at halftime gave the guys the best opportunity. I didn't want it. Want to, to call it and, and, and try and struggle through and, and cost the team a goal or, or be a mistake or something and, and, and due to my injury. So, um, as I said, I, I made that choice and it was the right choice at the time and, and we went on to win the cup, which was which was fantastic. And again, another another night where it was party time, which is we back the stadium again and then into Airdrie, which was was phenomenal. It was, it was brilliant. It was great. It was great to, to give the fans. I said it's it's something to cheer about and and something that that they can they can. Um, to give them a good night out and look forward to. So it was it was great. Um and it was a, a being captain was special as well and getting Jai up to lift it the trophy shows again what kind of club it Airdrie is and it's a it's a club where everybody's together and regardless of what job you're doing or regardless of who you are, everybody's together and, and it, it went well and we won the cup. So it was fantastic and a, a real highlight again in my career and another another winner's medal. And we lost JD recently, sadly. Good football man is it was what I get the impression of. You lifted the trophy with him that day. What what was he like in that dressing room? He was awesome. Listen, I, I, I can't speak speak highly enough. And yeah, I mean, he was he was a phenomenal person. He had his grumpy moments, but he had his um, as I said, he's he, he came to Magaluf with his and that's that's he, he loved it. Um he, he loved the club, he loved he loved being being um, the the I think he spoke about he was previously at Livingston and but he spoke about the, the club and how they looked after him and he was he was one of the I said well thought of by everybody at the club and a, a beautiful person and, and a lovely man and and I'll certainly miss him as I said he was uh, he was with me when I came and we used to kid, we used to kid him on he used to wear his hat and then we we took his hat we stole his hat in the bus and um, and and. We, we kept taking pictures of it with an ice cream and then we, we, we sent it and he, he was he loved his heart and he, he, would, he was saying to the manager and, and Evan went I think he went to the chairman um, about <laughs> early, said, can you uh, get them can you get them to give me my hat back so he took used to we go smithy to take it take it to air and he took it to air beach and put an ice cream next to it and all that and he stood on the beach and we sent the pictures and all that and then we would we would send him the picture and then he would phone the number and all that when we were on the bus trying to get the try to catch his out and we'd put no caller ID and sending him pictures of his heart and then and I think it got, I think that one was about two or three weeks. And then I think I think and this is a true story, I think we did have to have a meeting because so he said, listen, right, he's starting to get really, really fed up with this. We better give his heart back. But as I said, he was he was a real character. Came to Magaluf with us as well. And he, he used to jump in the pool and that, that hairy has would go to the place. And he was he was brilliant. As I said, he'll be sorely missed, I'm sure, by everybody at Airdrie and certainly by myself. But to get to get somebody as I said to you, that's that's the type of club it is. To, to lift that trophy meant meant the world to him and and um, as I said, I think he was he was trying to no 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 and I said no you are you'll you'll be lifting it so Blackie was was as I said I had to ask the ask the guys if we could do that before putting all this red tape stuff so but he was um, as I said hopefully that was a proud day for him and he'll be missed by everybody. I I met him a couple of times he seemed a real character but my my cousin's boys were were mascot. Uh, I, I just remember my cousin's husband saying it was brilliant. JD's giving them the tour and everything, and they go into the changing rooms. He says, That shower there, it's really weird. The plumbing's out here. You press that, it's the one over there that starts. The tube right. pressed and got soaked. I can just imagine JD <laughs> doing that every week to little boys <laughs> and still laughing. That, that was his 
that was his that was his party piece and he'd come in and he would say, oh, this is this is a captain and this is the physio's room and this is this stuff and he loved it. He, listen, he loved everything about football JD and he loved Airdrie and um as I said, he was a fantastic character and somebody that'll be missed through Scottish football, not only not only Airdrie, but um I can't speak highly enough. As I said, it used to it used to be like um like a battle to get a new ball off him right enough, but it was like, JD, do you want to go into your garage and get one of the balls one of the ones you've got, the 30 balls you've got in your garage? We used to wind them up, so he'd be, ah, that'll be right, that'll be right. So, um, used to bring in, if you've got a new ball, you thought you were, uh, you thought you were very fortunate. <laughs> uh, and uh, another character that we've lost, so, so John Ballantyne, instrumental in there still being a, a professional football team in Airdrie but stepping in uh, at the time when the, the old club was liquidated um, I remember just reading the, the game after he'd passed away uh, and there's quotes from you about how important you felt it was to win the, the, the game uh, just for his memory uh, what was your relationship with, with John Ballantyne like? Amazing um, that's that's all I can say it was it was amazing him and Rose uh, Jim and, and Anne-Marie uh, Honestly, I can't. I can't um, speak highly enough of the, of the family. They, they, they were very hands-on, well involved with the day-to-day running, um, which again puts the club together and, and everything about it. And a passion, their passion for Airdrie shone through, and 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 you could tell that these these um, that the family were, as I said, heavily involved in, in everything that happened at the club, and they were instrumental in everything we've just spoke about. That, that there was nothing if the, if you were ever in in bother or any 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 you needed anything you, that they were always there for you and the door was always open to go in and speak and uh, as a captain as well speaking to the, the chairman and 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 John and Rose and what was um, was was great so I, I gave John and Rose my my um, my cup final talk um, after we won the Challenge Cup and I thought it was something that that um, a small small token. A gesture for myself that a lot of people like to hold on to their hold on to their tops that they've played in a cup final or whatever it is. But um I thought it was a small gesture that only um that they thoroughly said I couldn't think of anybody better to give it to. And they said hopefully that that um that meant a wee bit to them. But listen, as a family for running a club, we speak about people who run clubs and people pe- people who, who do different things, but it was certainly for their aspect, it's definitely a, a passion. I love I love Ayadri and, and love the, the club. So um, I can't speak higher enough for the, the whole family. Um, but coming for, for John and, and Rose leading for the top and, and everything everybody that they, they brought into the club was was um was fantastic. We've touched on some of the happy memories there. Playoffs, I mean, heartbreaker again and again, and I don't even want to step through them one by one because it'd be too painful for us both, I'm sure. But do you think there was any feeling on the club's part as just to why that kept happening, or do you think it was just Bad luck when it when No, it I just think no I just think at that time I don't think by any matter of means it was a feeling of the club. I just think at that time it's, it's these things happen in football and again I think in, in football things happen for a reason and, and it was just at that time, through circumstances, you, you get you get games where it just doesn't pan out for you and, and as you say it was it was gut wrenching for me, you know, I was involved in involved in them and, and um you think, right, this is our time, this is this is the one, this will be the one that, that, that I get and we'll get there, this is the one that we'll, we'll, we'll win. And, and you get, as I you get the final and you think, right, let's go, let's let's kick in. And, and, and circumstances just one after one just, just didn't fall for us. And um, whether that be just mistakes or, or um, losing your lead or um, there's times when we've got the second leg with a lead and you think, right, okay, get back to even the one with, with Sterling, you're, you're, you know what I mean? You're sitting 2-0 and you're thinking, right, 
let's kick on and, and it ends up you, you go back and it's you know what I mean and, and you struggle and they come back and, and I think Snodgrass played with them at that time yeah. Snodgrass um, and Bingham so I was, I was just going to say just that it was hard at the time but when you see what he's gone on to do and David Bingham was a cracking player as well so yep. it, it does make a bit more sense now uh, but wouldn't well, it be easy at the time for you? No, listen, as I said, that was tough. It was tough to accept as well, and it was tough at the time. And, and you take, but listen, you take the highs with the lows. And, and as I said, you can kick back and kick on and and, and hopefully get yourselves lifted for the, the next season. And you know, fine well, as you say, you're, you're ready to go again and the support will be behind you. And But it's got mentioned at the time when you're, you're getting to the stage where you're battle, 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 and you think, right, we've battled our way. Let's, let's just go over the final step. And then and then you just you just come undone. So, um, however, as I said, these these things happen in football, and and um, it's just one that you need to take the chin at the time, and however tough that may be. On a, on a lighter side, Paul, so you're loved by all the clubs that you you established yourself at. Um, you had a combative playing style, and I can just see you there, hundred percent effort, red face through the the game. I remember being at a game at Breakin, and I was standing. In the terrace and on the hedge side, and early on, you'd given the referee a shout off. There's two teams playing this game, ref. Uh, and later on, you get given a bit of a soft foul, and a breaking fan piped up with "Lovering." There's two teams playing this game, and without even breaking your stride, you just shouted at them, "Up your prick!" <laughs> so, <laughs> does Paul Lovering need to feel like he was in a battle to to get the best out of himself on the pitch? I think I think um, the style. I said I think everybody knows the passion and the style that that, that I played. And again, I was probably liked by. I said I'd like to hope I was liked by the, the support because they knew that that every Saturday when I pulled on that jersey and I came out on a Saturday, I would give them all, regardless of 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 who we're playing, where we were playing, how I was feeling. I would I would give you everything I had. And as I said, the supporters. I suppose the supporters. On one hand, like you, however, you know you're doing something right, but the other support would be getting you abuse. So, you, you, and I love that. That's that's part of the game that I'm missing. And, and there's no harm, no harm meant to the guy. But, <laughs> uh, but as I said, winning, winning games, and winning games in a Saturday night, and winning, get up the road on a Saturday night after winning a game was was um, was all that mattered to me. And, and once you cross that line, I, I wasn't a, a nice a nice player, I suppose, to, to play against. And um, I suppose even even some of my teammates would say that I was a bit a bit uh, a bit money a bit money, but. To say the least. However, um, that was due to just I went I, I will to win, and and I and I think that would be, and I battle. I loved I love to to battle, and I spoke to guys like I, I played. I, I speak to Alan Moore every time I speak to to Murray. He remembers. He says, I remember playing against you for Clyde Bank at Buckhead. He said you were just a young guy. He said I think you just came in, you know, maybe 17, 18. He said and he was experienced, and he was at St Johnston, and he played up front. He scored something like whatever it was, twenty odd goals. He said, and I remember you just cattling right into the back of me. He said, absolutely smashing me. And I was lying in the mud at Bulkhead and I looked, I looked up. He said, and you just turned around and said to me, you're getting that all night. And I <laughs> said, he said, I just probably said, I remember that clear as day. But I, I, I love to just play and be be um, be hard, be hard but fair and, and a passion. And, and, and um, as I said, the people that I play against knew they were knew they were in a game. So I suppose if if you're gonna if you if you're if you're gonna I remember again playing with United and and I, and I remember going out in the, the semi final we playing Hibs and the, the guy De La Cruz had, who who was playing the World Cup and, and and he was at Hibs at the time and I, I remember him playing against um I remember playing against uh, they were playing Celtic on the Sunday and then we were playing them 
um, and that midweek or whatever it was, and they get man of the match, and and, um, and Big Yogi, and it was at United, and Big Yogi turned around and said to me, that Dela Cruz is going to tie you in knots, and, and the other night and all that kind of stuff, just just push my buttons to try and obviously get a reaction, and I remember standing in the tunnel, and he was stoning there, and it was, it was horrendous, the rain was pouring, down, and I remember turning around, and he was stoning there, with the silver boots and all that one, and, and, and all, all rubbed up and all that stuff, all nice and shiny, and I thought, that'll do it for me so we just went out and again the first tackle the second tackle the third tackle and I think the guys just thought what is actually happening here and, it, and he was lying again lying in the mud and that and at the side of Hamden and, and I think Big Frank so he was a manager at the time just just coincidence that I am that he took him off after 35 minutes but as I said it's just I loved a battle and that was that was the way I, I wanted to, to play the game and, and I knew that if I, if I got in tap in that aspect then some people maybe Maybe it puts people off, and it maybe they're not focusing their game as much and give people time. But uh, as I said, it was a, it was a love for the game. But as I said, I'm a different person off the part as I'm more on it. Do you think it's gone from the game too much? Because when you started speaking there, it was John Hughes I thought of, and you know, he had to spell it right over so it didn't work out from. But he yeah. kind of called he called the players out on they'll all be driving home in their cars and blowing smoke yeah. each other up each other's backside. Yeah. Uh, your your philosophy on football, do you, do you need? That that nastiness and that person in the team uh, has gone from the game too much. I think I think I think the the I think that the drive you need the drive and you need the passion and you need to 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 have that at your for your forefront to to get anywhere and you need hard work. Um, however, I, I think I think the passion for football certainly needs to be there because I think at times for some. Some, I'm not saying, as I said, the game changes and different aspects it comes in, the fitness side, the, the sports science side, all that kind of stuff. Big Yogi's very, very, very clear and, and, and you can see in his teams that he likes to play the passing game. That wasn't the big man's game, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what he's... So he's definitely changed his philosophy with the blood and guts, but I certainly think you need people with that in your team. And I think that... Um, I think for a lot of players nowadays, without being overcritical, as I said, it's... Football might come in a secondary, you know, it comes secondary, it's like, oh, it's my girlfriend's granny's birthday, it's my, it's my, uh, I've got a driving lesson, I've got, you know, and, and I think that's, that's where you, you question certain aspects of the game. Listen, I'm no, I'm no, it's going to say that the game needs blood and thunder and passion and you need to be aggressive and, 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 and going to steaming into tackles and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you, the fans love it and the fans are the ugly side of the game, I suppose they call it. And, and um, I get the game's changed and I get the game's more technical, I suppose. If I was playing at that, that kind of stature, or sorry, playing at that kind of level or, or getting into tackles like that nowadays, if I would last the game, that would be. That would be a question mark, I suppose, and that's maybe why the game's changed. But you certainly need the, the basic aspects of your, your your passion and your your hard work. And I think if you've got that, then your ability will take you quite far in the game. To be honest, um, I said I know the game's changed, and I know there's certain aspects of it, and that, that shows it likes a big yogi, as I said want to play football and I, and I get that there's certain aspects but, but there is times when you need to roll up your sleeves and work hard No I agree you mentioned Doddy earlier and, and the fact that you just kind of made the move for you when he was he was there I think uh, I think the two you would have got on very well I think you'd have been a perfect Doddy player but um, but yeah there you go you, you joined uh, ambitious Airdrie full of really talented players young young players experienced players um, but financial reality hit throughout your time at the club uh, to the stage where 
Jimmy Boyle comes in as manager and has to give young players a chance. He's not really got the, the choice. Uh, and, and including Jordan Allen coming on the pitch as a sub at 14 years old. I mean, did, did that frustrate you that there wasn't the the experience there and just how much the, the club had declined in terms of the, the financial strength to, to go out and buy talent? I think that I think it was very evident back. I think when, when we had the team, when we went back, talking about getting into the first division, you're talking about opening the day against St Johnston. I think that team, I think that team, if we had added at that point, I think I think if we had added two or three or three or four players to that squad, I think we could have, we could have been a Premier League club. I don't I don't think there would have been any any qualms about that. And I'm sure maybe the team, the players that are, they were in that team, will tell you the same story. However, I think long after that, the team kind of get broke up, and then you need to regroup, you need to refresh because you guys like Coyley coming to coming to the end of their career, and, and people they move on, like you Jerome and that kind of stuff. So. But as I said, I think if we had added that season, if we had added three or four, or even the following season and kept what we had, I think we'd added three or four, maybe more kind of players for that level or, or the level above, then I think we would have been a Premier League club, absolutely. However, that take that doesn't take away for, for the amount of um, financial pressure that must have been on, on the Ballantines at that time. And and, and to, to do that is a big ask. And, and listen, that, that as I said, they, they own the club, and I suppose for the supports' perspective, they, they, they would be looking to... To, to kick that on. And I get, listen, I get as the times change and people, money does become become harder to come by and, and, and uh, managing at the bends, I, I totally get that, you know, it's a totally different level. However, when you're trying to compete against teams that, that are just paying that, that amount of money, it, it's frustrating. Of course, it's frustrating. However, I understand the reasons why these things happen. And, and I suppose that's maybe harder to come, mad harder to accept from a supporters' perspective, where you're, you're thinking to yourself, listen, we, we're a massive club and, and we've got a facility here that we can use to go and, and do bigger and better things. But I get, I get the financial restrictions and I get why they were in place. But certainly, listen, it's frustration. It is frustrating and, and, and you're trying to compete. And, um, but as I said, I understand why. Um, and the times I said when I thought that they had the chance to go back in the Premier League back then, if we'd invested a wee bit. Bit more, but again, I'm sure there'll be reasons behind that and reasons why um, this happened. But that's just one of the things. And the, the Valentines have been fantastic. As I said getting getting the club to where they were, and I don't know what, what why why that wasn't that wasn't happening. Yeah, I guess the danger is you shoot for it and you miss. And um, I mean, at that point, it was only years yeah. after the the club had gone bust. So uh, even even as a fan, as much as you want to push on, you, you can't understand the realities of it. The next thing I've got down is just the, the pain barrier. So. Watching you throughout your your career at points, I thought you looked like you were in discomfort on the pitch. As I said, at points you had to just about drag your leg. I spoke to Stephen Dockery and he assures me that at 18 years old at Clyde Bank, you had that limp. But <laughs> how much did you pay through the, the the pain barrier during your career? And I mean, are you okay now that you've 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 given up or your hips fine? I just think that again, speaking about passion, speaking about commitment, speaking about when you go on the partner Saturday and. Uh, I've, I've played through it listen, I played through umpteen uh, every week every week uh, uh, to be honest we had come coming towards my end of my career I was playing through through pain and taking painkillers and, and that wasn't just at the end towards the end of my career right through my career if I was in pain um, I, I would play through and it took a very I'm not just saying that it took a, a lot to, for me not to play on a Saturday and to the frustration of my family when I was getting when I was maybe lying with the flu and, and no train for a week and Listen, you need to go down and, and, and we're short, but I need you to play. And, and, and I would be like, no, right, okay, I, I'll be there. And and the frustration of your family and you're in pain, you've not trained all week. And and, and I remember going back, like playing with Adria, I fractured my, my cheekbone and, and um, 
it was like, well, you'll be out for out for a month or whatever, whatever it is. A month you can't play for a month. I'm like, absolutely no chance. I think I actually went a run and I started non-con. I went a run on the Monday, enjoying in the, the warm up and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm like, no, you've not to be anywhere near you. So I was like, no, well, I, I can not do the warm up, and it's like you've not heated the boring. I said, no, well, that's fine. I can just do the running. I can pass. So just aspects of that where, where I thought, no, listen, again, coming back for injury, getting operations, and I thought, no, you'll be back in like three months. No, I won't be. I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back before that. You know, it's I, I just a passion and a commitment to football and, and, and a love of football. Just wanted to be there and I suppose not let people down. That was, again, that's another thing as well and, and saying, you know, it's people rely on you. People want you to play on a Saturday. People need you to play on a Saturday and, and, I, and I'm a great, a great, as I said, a great believer and um, once you cross that white line, adrenaline kicks in as well and you can get through games and I was in some states right enough on the Sunday and the Monday trying to walk but come the Tuesday or Wednesday you would be back on in the training ground and, and, and pulling yourself through so no, listen, as I said it's and maybe that again maybe people look to I never look for an out you never, I never look for an out I never looked for for a, an injury to keep me to you know playing a game if I was injured I was certainly I was certainly injured in, in some sort of Worse aspect than than anything. I wouldn't pull out for a, a wee injury. And I think nowadays, and again, that's that. I know game changes and people run quicker and faster. And maybe if they're feeling a twinge, but I think if your your body can tolerate it, then you can push through the, the pain barrier to, to go out and play on a Saturday. I think when you cross the right line, a couple of painkillers and playing a Saturday is not the not the worst. And long long term effects? Are you physically all right now? <laughs> No, I'm fine. Listen, as I said, I, I, I will take part in the odd training session when I can. My knees are, my knees are sore. And, um, however, again, as I said, I will take part in, 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 in trying, um, try and take part in training the odd game. I'll not take part in the running right enough, but just the training. So um, the passion's still there for football. And, and um, if there's a ball in front of me and, and I can get a touch yet, then then I'll, I'll uh, certainly do it. But no, listen, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine fit. All good. Good. And... Uh... Paul, massively to your credit, that as much as we said at uh, points you looked like you were limping as you came on the pitch, very rarely, if ever, have I ever seen you outpaced by an opponent. An opponent, uh, if you were playing for Adrian now, you would still be winning every front post header for a corner. So uh, again, it's why you admired so much was the effort was was, was clear, and that wasn't just the effort; the skill was there with it. So uh, that's all you can ask for. You played for Airdrie long enough to be due a testimonial match, but the match didn't happen. Um, we've touched on the, the evening that uh, they held in your honour, and it, that was really good, and your family were there, and uh, Willie Marshall and, and Mary Campbell did a, a brilliant job pulling it together. Um, did you enjoy the night? I, I remember Grant Adam loving throwing pound coins at the big bottle of wine or whatever it was, but how, how was that for to have that night for you? It was great, as you just spoke about. Well, Mary done it for me, and it was it was it was phenomenal. It was great, and and it was great to to show to 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 see that that what what I had done was appreciated, you know. And I said, you don't get that, you don't get don't get that um, at any club. You don't get that recognition and and that um, that support, and that was amazing for me. It was amazing to 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 as I said, as you said, my family were there, and it was a great a great night. And, and, and as I said, it was. Everybody chipped in and done their bit, and she said, "Big Grant, Big Grant Adam was was throwing pound coins at uh, maybe Charlie gave him them." So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, as I said, it was a great, it was a great night, and and as I said the club were the club were, were great to me over my time there, and it was good to 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 see um, supporters. I said, and I appreciate them turning up and giving me that recognition. It meant it meant so much to me, and 
only only again I can't speak highly enough about the club. It's it it, it, it gave me showed me that that right through my career it was a, a massive part and always will be a massive part to um, of me and and my football career. Now, it's a shame that there wasn't a match, I and mean, I've supported Airdrie thirty years now, and I've, I've never been to a testimonial because there hasn't been one. And for you to have stayed with us as long as you did in the kind of post-Bosman era, uh, you just don't get that these days. So, I mean, I, I think a Hibs League winning side back together or, or the Airs League Cup final team, uh, if we could have played one of them for you, it would have been great. But it's it's, it's passed now. And, it, and it's really a shame. Some of the guys that you played for, uh, Sandy Stewart, Jimmy Boyle, they were due testimonials and didn't get them. So um, it's... It'd have been great, but we did have the night, which was which was something at least. Um, you left the injury and went to to Pollock, but injuries stopped you really getting a, a run of games there. Um, you've joined Ben Burn the Bens as manager, uh, three promotions in four seasons. So, so congratulations, that's brilliant. What's Paul Lovern yeah. like as a coach? I think um, in the in the early days, it's, it was something totally new to me. It was it was um, I've done my B license and. It was something that was that, that as I said, football's a passion. We spoke about it earlier and football's a passion that, that, that will always be being a Saturday, come Saturday, come come midweek, comes training nights, come Saturday's always a, a build up. And it always has been as you spoke about. My boys are my dad was obviously when we were in the house with my dad and, and the boys are now that aspect. And um so it, it's a real a real passion, it's a real family club. So I was fortunate enough to, to come in and we managed to, to, to stumble, <laughs> not stumble, I suppose, but we, we listen, we, we got through the bottom league, we were in the top league back with your Pollocks, your Talbots and Cumnocks, your Cowinning. So to get to get three pre promotions and four was fantastic. As I said, I nicked a, I nicked a couple of diamonds along the way, as in your, your Lee Hollises, your William McLarens, your John Boyles, your Kyle Richfords. And getting these guys in to help me, that aspect always always was brilliant. And, and I, I, on the sideline a Saturday, I, I, I'm as bad as when I played. That's no worse. Uh, my dad actually had to tell me to, to calm down and um, people have, have commented on my passion. And, and, and listen, again, that's about winning. And, and, and that I explained that to, to my dad and he knows However, it's about control, controlling that at the sideline this Saturday. So, but no, come come training nights. I again, I love being on the park amongst the guys and getting that banter amongst the changing room is is, is massive for me. And I'm a, again, training nights, I love I love getting down there. Nothing better than doing getting on the training park and, and enjoying spending time amongst the guys and putting on I say a decent session and seeing them enjoy it and bring a bit as I said as many aspects I can to for, for my career and. The managers I've played under, the coaches I've, I've worked with, and, and even the players that I, I played with, and added different aspects. So hopefully, I can I can pass that on and my experience to these guys, and, and that that will benefit them to to go and and boost their career, and, and maybe some of them maybe step back up or boost these young kids to come through and play at a good level. So I'm enjoying it. It's it's hard work. It's it, as you can imagine, as I said earlier, it's. Uh, it takes its toll because I go into everything fully committed and there is times when I'm I'm like, geez, do I need to calm down a bit? So um, it's a focus, but again, I'm in it for in it for commitment and the enjoyment and I, I certainly do enjoy it. But as I said, I come a Saturday, I'm, I'm as nervous as I did when I played and, and the passion's still there. Okay, we're, we're coming to the end, you'll be glad to hear. Thanks for, for giving me no, so much no, of your time. No, no. Yeah. Uh, looking back, your time at Airdrie, what, what does Airdrie mean to you now having... Not been from the town or anything, but spent so long with us. It's it's a club as I, as I said earlier. I've had highs and I've had highs in my uh, my career and I've had lows in my career. However, it's a club that's that, that stands tall and at the top of top of the list. And um, it's a phenomenal club. 
as I said, from from everybody, the supporters to the to the owners to the the kit man to, to everybody involved in there. It's it's a massive been a massive part of my career, and I'll always have a place in my heart. The club and I'll always be, as I said, a a, a club that's at the. Yeah, I kind of speak highly enough when I when I talk to people about about the club and the passion about the, the town. I've experienced being in amongst the the guys at, at, in the the town when it's been great and we've won promotion and we've won cups and I said it's a real a real love for me the the club and when she spoke about my my testimonial done it again and. It was it was phenomenal to get the amount of people that they, that they turned up. But I just get always going to my place in my heart, and and you never know I might return there one day. It's I said it's a it's a, a phenomenal a phenomenal club, and and I know I know what it means to the supporters. I think that's a that's a thing that's one thing that I, I certainly do. I know what it means to the supporters and the people where they for the club to be competing week in week out in the club and and in the leagues. Um, and I'm sure you guys will do that. You've got a, you've got a, a decent. Say a good management team in place just now, and the club are doing well. So long may that continue. And you've seen Airdrie from all angles. You've been an opponent coming to see us. You've you've joined as a player. You've been captain. You've been on the coaching staff. You know, we are kind of stuck in League One at the moment. What between full time football with the budget that we've got, or trying to be the best part time team in Scotland? What's, what what do you think is the best way for Airdrie to approach trying to get out of this league? I'm sure the people here they don't need no need my advice and 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 what they're going to do and how to do it and um, I think as I said I spoke earlier about my belief in the game I think that if you've got a, a squad that that that's worked hard that works hard and um, you've got people that are as I said they've got the, the the flicker of talent and the, the ability in the park then then um, you'll always you'll always you'll always compete and you'll always you'll always be in amongst it and. As I said I'm sure the guys that are, that are there and, and on board and do on board and doing a job just now with it, with the facility that's there and the town the supporters that that um, behind them then I'm sure they'll they'll do well and as I said I think you, if you've got that in the part you always compete compassion sorry passion and, and working hard and with the flicker of talent youth the mixture of, the mixture of experience as well guys that have played at that level um, you need certainly need that to to help these young guys come come on so um, as I said I'm sure these guys will, will do well and said I just wish everybody at the, the club all the best and I, I always every Saturday I keep an eye on on the scores coming in and um, it's always at the top of my list to see see how they're going so I'm sure there has been ups and downs I said since I've not been there but um, I'm sure with the commitment that everybody involved at the club and I said the town and the supporters then they'll do well. Paul that's been Brilliant. Thanks for all your time. Good luck Brilliant. to the fans when you get back to playing matches. Uh, and uh, it's great to see ex-players back at games and, and we do a bit of hospitality with them and stuff. Uh, now, I know it's hard for you because you've, you've got games to, to manage as well, but it'd be great to see you back at the club at some point as well. Brilliant. Look forward to it. Some for the lovers Too long Please, we're some for the lovers